Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Lexus Enthusiast podcast. My name is Kevin Watson. I'm the founder and editor of the Lexus Enthusiast website, and today I'm joined by Lexus USA Group Vice President and General Manager Jeff Bracken. Welcome, Jeff. Well, good morning, Kevin. How are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. You know, I think we should maybe just start off with like the basics of your uh, responsibilities as general manager of Lexus USA, you know, just for people that might not understand what your uh, what your role is at the company. Right. No, I'd be happy to. So, uh, you know, my, my primary focus is on our 236 Lexus dealers throughout the United States. In fact, our, our headquarter and area field offices, we actually structure ourselves in a way that's very similar to that of a kind of a dealership organization. So, you know, we've got a sales department, we've got a parts and service department, customer care and business management departments, among others. So in other words, we're, we're very focused on the success of our Lexus dealers. We, we're looking for premier customer care and product sales and service. And of course, we're always interested in their market uh, communication. So at the end of the day, we, we genuinely believe the more success our dealers realize, the more success that we'll realize. I would also add that, you know, as perhaps you would suspect, I travel to Japan about once every six weeks to discuss topics like future product development. By the way, Kevin, is really cool to do that, um, <laughs> as well as a lot of planning for our, our global product reveals. And then maybe the third leg to the stool is that I spend quite a bit of time with our advertising agencies on strategy and creative development for our TV ads, as well as a lot of the general and diverse uh, market communication. Uh, just from an external perspective, uh, thinking about 2016, uh, it's been a quiet year outside of the LC uh, introduction in Detroit. Uh, is this a year of transition for Lexus? A quiet year. I'm trying to remember my 38 years if I've ever had a quiet year, but <laughs> let me let me uh, maybe uh, respond this way. So in 2015, we, we actually introduced five vehicles. So it was the fourth generation RX introduction. We also introduced the all-new GSF. And then we redesigned DS, GS, and LX. So, you know, at the end of the day, we had, you know, five vehicles that were introduced in the actually the second half of 2015. And four of those, the, the RX, GS, GSF, and LX, they all went on sale in the fourth quarter. So, so for us in 2016, it's actually kind of been a beneficiary year for all of those launches that occurred late in, in 2015. Although the although the LC has certainly taken the lion's share of our news this year, we also launched the redesign IS. So you know that's an important car both for us here in the United Absolutely. States as as well as globally. Maybe just one of the thought that comes to mind here is that these product cycles they can be a bit hot and cold, um, as we'll have years with more launches than others. But you know a year without numerous launches in no way equates to a slow business year. As you know, Kevin, our competitors make no break plans, so there's always some kind of work to be managed. It's funny because, you know, as I said, from the outside, it seems like uh, things are, I don't want to say moving slowly, but build, maybe building towards something. And uh, it's really interesting to hear you, you know, talk about last year and, and introducing those vehicles in the last quarter there. So it does kind of give it a little bit more of a perspective. And speaking of those vehicles, you know, when you talk about the LX, the RX, you know, North American vehicle sales now are being dominated by SUV sales. Um, in your case, they're, you know, more than 50% of overall sales. You had the NX, you have the new RX, you have the new LX. But how prepared were you for this sudden shift in the market? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I'm just going to be really uh, transparent here. We we were somewhat late matching our production and dealer stock to the natural market demand. 
uh, of course, we've seen the general market shift to trucks and SUVs from sedans over the last few years in the general market. Um, the similar shift with luxury, at least from our perspective, didn't really take hold until the fourth quarter uh, last year in 2015. So by the time we shifted production from any of our sedans to our luxury utility vehicles, it was, and this is going to sound crazy, it was just last month that we managed our inventory to a healthy balance of sedans and LUVs. I, I would add that we believe this is a market shift that will likely continue for you know years to come. At the same time, though, Sedan segments, you know, they're still sizable, and in our opinion, it would it would be a big mistake to for anybody in in you know that we compete with to walk away from uh, some of the key sedan segments like near, mid, and and even the prestige luxury sedans. So, in light of this, uh, you know, SUV centric market, uh, what are your thoughts about launching a flagship coupe? So, first, obviously, you know, this market has moved to six, almost sixty percent trucks and LUVs. So. You know, a 20% swing in just a few years, I mean, that is that is a big-time move. As so many utility vehicles and crossovers are now built on unibody frames, you know, all these all these crossovers and SUVs are so versatile, they're comfortable, They um, so many have been benefited by some great gas mileage. So so it's kind of no, no surprise, perhaps no wonder, that consumer preference has, uh, you know, thoroughly embraced these products. Uh, the market's, it always moves around, It'll, and certainly it'll continue to do so. But regardless of when we launch the LC, for us it's meant to be a halo statement about the brand. So for us it's going to signify an enhanced direction for Lexus, one uh, in our view that's even more emotional and dynamic than we've been in the past. And then with the LC, you introduced it in uh, Detroit earlier this year, but it doesn't seem to be going on uh, to dealerships until April of uh, 2017. Why the extended lead time from the introduction? Yeah, yeah Detroit, that was an exciting uh, exciting moment for us, the global reveal of the LC in January the, earlier this year. I'm sure you know every you know every car has a slightly different schedule from kind of to your point, from introduction to show to the arrival at the dealerships. You know, the launch of the LC for us was so important to our brand. And, you know, it's an all-new car, right? This car never existed before. So we wanted to be absolutely certain that this thing was perfect from start to finish, not just for our customers, but for our dealers as well. So, you know, that kind of attention, Kevin, it just, it just simply takes a lot of time. So shifting gears from the LC, I'm curious about uh, your Lexus Plus program that you launched, the negotiation free pricing that you uh, introduced at select dealerships around the USA. How is that uh, program performing? All right, Lexus Plus. So, you know, first, it's it's a little bit premature for us to make any judgments about Lexus Plus. It's it's still very, very new. It's only active right now at 11 of our dealerships. So what I can share with you is that with our 11 pilot dealers and even ourselves, we've learned a lot, and it's only been four short months that we've had all 11 of these dealers active with Lexus Plus. So it hasn't been easy, you know, to be really uh, candid with you, but I promise you no one of our pilot dealers has a regret at all in their you know, they're all fully into Lexus Plus. We, I'm sure you would imagine this, Kevin, we continue to track numerous uh, key performance measures like customer care and customer loyalty, even employee retention, and some of the basic KPIs like market share and volume and profitability. You know, the dealers are watching that closely. But, you know, we're in it for the long term. And if you're interested, we can certainly keep you updated as we have more time and experience with Lexus Plus. For sure. I went uh, to Lexus of Omaha earlier this year and, and experienced the whole uh, program myself and uh, came away very impressed. And 
not to say that it's the ultimate future of uh, you know selling cars, but it definitely felt like a, a step in the in the right direction. Yeah, I'm really glad you made uh, an effort like that to see it firsthand. Uh, Mickey Anderson, who's the owner of that dealership, strongly believes that this is you know a very healthy path forward. I would add though that we've really been clear with you know we have 236 dealer partners, if you will, and you know there are many ways to go to market. Lexus Plus is one of them. We've got a lot of dealers that are trying their own kind of version of, of a healthy uh, business model moving forward, and uh, and you know they'll likely succeed as well. But uh, you know we're very focused on Lexus Plus, and our sense is it'll play out well as uh, as we move forward. Now this was a reader question. Uh, as background, Lexus is. Uh and Toyota are both moving to uh, Texas um, shortly. And I'm we're a little bit curious about how the Lexus division is handling that uh, transition. So it's, you know, maybe to level set it, it's important to know that while our Lexus headquarters is moving to Dallas, Texas, our headquarter office employee population, so, you know, not just Lexus, but all of our headquarter office employee population, it only accounts for about 10% of our total U.S. workforce. Hmm. So, so kind of keep that in perspective. Mm-hmm. But for Lexus specifically, we have about 35 team members in Texas now, and we uh, recently opened a new call center there for us. Uh, we'll probably have about 50 full-time employees in uh, the Dallas area by the end of this calendar year. The balance of all of our Lexus headquarters associates will be in Texas by the second half of 2017 when, when our uh, brand-new Lexus office building is complete. By the way, the um, the new Texas campus, it's it's just staggeringly beautiful. It's on 100 acres, 2 million square feet of office space, you know, state-of-the-art technology and employee services. It would be it would be great if you could visit us in Texas as it fits into your schedule, Kevin. Well, it seems like you'd have room to fit me. <laughs> we could. We could fit you in, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then uh, another reader question was about uh, engines, and uh, there's increasing interest in North America about the uh, 2.5-liter four-cylinder hybrid engine that's used in the IS300H, uh, the RC300H in other parts of the world. Um, is that an engine that will ever come to, to sports sedans in North America? So your reader has asked a really, really good question there. Uh, unfortunately, I can't, as you probably know, I can't reveal uh, too many specifics about future product plans. But what I can say is that we're routinely evaluating our product lineup for any gap opportunities. So I'm, I'm, on that one, I'm probably going to have to kind of stop there. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Some of these questions, that's just the way they go. No, no worries. Moving on into like the future and thinking about what's coming up. Um, the LS is the oldest vehicle in your lineup. Uh, we've seen a vision of your flagship luxury with the LFFC concept. Can you give us any insight into your plans on the next generation LS? And are flagship sedans still a relevant segment? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as I mentioned, you know, future product plans, it's a, it's a really delicate topic for us. But, but what I can share is that these flagship sedans are still important in today's luxury world. While the crossover and SUV segments continue to grow, and as you know, they now total more than the sedan segments, we feel there's still great value in the luxury sedan market. We, we certainly plan to continue our representation there. Additionally, we, you know, these flagship sedans, they're going to remain a very relevant part of the luxury automotive manufacturers in general. They, they may not be high-volume cars, but they can often embody the heart and soul of a brand. So still a uh, you know, very viable aspect of the luxury industry. 
Well, I think, and especially when it comes to Lexus thinking about uh, the launch of the brand and, and the LS, uh, you really can look at it as a as the core of your vehicle lineup, regardless of sales. And it's really interesting to see what uh, what you have planned for this new model. Presumably, the UX concept shown in Paris uh, is an indication of that Lexus is serious about uh, subcompact crossovers. Uh, your German competitors in the U.S. Uh, have models. They're, they're doing about 2,500 uh, units per month. Do you see this as a big growth area in the luxury market? <laughs> so you're killing me, Kevin. Um, so let me let me let me restate. We're you know always evaluating um, you know markets for new opportunities, but yeah. this UX concept car that you're talking about, yeah. I mean, no question, it occupies a growing segment, proving you know to be very very popular with consumers. So what I'm going to do is I can tell you you have a great imagination here. So I'm going to leave the rest to your imagination for now. Is that fair? Is that That's all right? fair enough. Absolutely. Okay. I'm all just going right. to keep hitting you with these. This is no problem. <laughs> <laughs> this is another reader question. Uh, All right. Can, can you see a future uh, where one of your crossovers is released in, in an F performance variant? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's no doubt that our F brand and, and F performance derivatives, they brought uh, younger customers into our brand. And we've obviously seen that in all of our data. So we've taken great notice of that. We've worked, uh, we've worked hard to balance our traditional and loyal Lexus owners, often baby boomers like myself, um, with younger millennial and diverse buyers. So for us, it's very clear that our F-Performance brand, it's expanding our owner base. Um, and as you know, I'll have to stop there, Kevin, but mm -hmm. stay tuned. Absolutely. Well, that's exciting. Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you mean staying tuned or? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, okay, good. Uh, and then this is more of a hypothetical question. Uh, in, mm -hmm. in your opinion, what's the one vehicle that's missing from the Lexus lineup? Yeah, honestly... I think there's more than one vehicle missing from our Lexus lineup. As, as you look at our competitors, there are a few segments that they compete in that we could also potentially add representation. I, and I hate being vague. I, um, I also know that you, you and your readers can read between the lines. I, I will add, though, that one vehicle we've been missing that we're really excited to update you on today is the RCF GT3. Um, our RCF GT3 makes its racing debut in Daytona this coming January at the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. So I'm just kind of curious. Are you a race fan, Kevin? Yeah, d definitely growing as a race fan. Good, good. Well, as we bring more performance powertrains into the Lexus lineup, we believe it's important for us to build credibility with our high-performance powertrains by racing. And by racing and competing and getting to the podium and eventually winning, all of that should add credibility to our entire Lexus lineup. Well, I think it's very interesting, you know, talking about the RCF GT3 in that, you know, it's taken a long time to get to a point where you're going to be racing it competitively. Um, but at the same time, it really shows uh, the strength of your commitment to the program. And I think you picked a really great team. You know, Scott Pruitt obviously is a amazing individual both as a driver and as a representative of the Lexus brand. And I'm very excited to see how this uh, new vehicle performs, you know, in the field. Thank, thank you, Kevin. We're excited as well. And, you know, Scott Pruitt, arguably uh, probably the most successful sports car driver ever. So we, um, we couldn't be happier about uh, Scott and Sage Karam and several of the other drivers that will be racing uh, our RCF GT3s. And, you know, the 3GT uh, team that we have in East Lansing, Michigan with Paul Gentilozzi and his sons, John and Tony, 
uh, along with support from TRD. It's it's really a really a healthy team and one that's uh, has a tremendous amount of years of experience. You know, I shouldn't overlook TTC Toyota Technocraft that is the original builder of the vehicle from Japan. Uh, so in closing, you know, I always like to ask this question. Uh, outside of the LFA, because it's everyone's always everyone's answer, uh, what's your favorite Lexus of all time? <laughs> right. So, you know, uh, you know, the LFA is beyond exhilarating, isn't it? Uh, but it's for my favorite, I'll say non-exotic, I think, which is your question. Mm-hmm. For me, it's the SC. Um, mm-hmm. You probably know we discontinued building the SC six years ago in 2010, but it's still a head-turner on the road today, in, in my opinion, because of its styling is so timeless. It's a real classic, and um, for that reason, it's my favorite Lexus, at least so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of resale, <laughs> right? I mean, that's one of the fun things about spending so much time in Japan that you get a chance to be exposed to uh, future, you know, concepts and mm-hmm. vehicles of the design dome. But um, one other thing that's kind of interesting about the SC is that in terms of resale, I think every one of our SC owners know exactly what they have in hand. So it's just a, in my opinion, a beautiful machine. Well, it's interesting, you know, the the idea of you know, back before the LC was launched, it was the idea that uh, it would be the next the next SC in the lineup because you did have you know a classic design with the original, a classic design with the with the second generation. But it's also nice to see the LC kind of stand on its own. Agreed. And then, final question: what uh, What are you driving right now? Currently driving a GX four hundred and sixty. Absolutely love it. Uh, however, I have already selected an LC as my Lex, Lexus ride, so I can't wait. But I'm just curious. Can I ask you a question? Of course, yeah. What what vehicle do you drive? Well, I'm uh, currently driving a uh, CT200H. I, uh, I got it in uh, 2014. Great. Uh, so I've been driving that brand new. It was my first brand new Lexus. Uh, before that, I was driving a LS400, a 94 LS400. Wow. And uh, which I, which you know, obviously got me into the brand in the beginning, uh, and mm-hmm. I drove that for about uh, would have been about six years, and uh, now you know I'm going into my next vehicle, so I'm thinking about maybe a first generation GX or I might get an NX. I'm, I haven't really decided yet. So, well, listen, Kevin, we you know you're quite the enthusiast, very loyal to the brand. Um, I'm sure our team have shared with you our appreciation for working with us on events like this. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thank you. You, you bet, you bet. So thank you very much for taking the time to, uh, to answer uh, these questions. Anytime, Kevin. Uh, if you want to schedule it again sometime in the future, just let me know. Perfect. Thank you very much. All right, have a great day. You too.